In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Even though I know you'd never guess it, I'm going to turn 60 this summer. I look good for my age. You don't have to tell me. (laughs) And in those nearly 60 years now, one thing that I've never done is celebrate Hanukkah. Now, you may be saying to yourself, well, why would you? You're not Jewish. Well, here's why I think that maybe, just maybe, we should, at least in some form, Jesus celebrated Hanukkah. And if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. In the Gospel of John, Hanukkah is called the Feast of the Dedication. In 163 B.C., the Syrians had profaned the temple in Jerusalem by putting a statue of the Greek god Zeus on the temple's altar. After three years, Judas Maccabeus drove the Syrians out, built a new altar, and rededicated the temple. The people crowding around Jesus are remembering this historic event. In a Jewish prayer book, The festival is described in part in these words. In a time of darkness, our ancestors had the courage to struggle for freedom. Theirs was a victory of the weak over the strong, the few over the many, the righteous over the arrogant. It was a victory for all ages and all peoples. So Jesus is in Jerusalem for Hanukkah, and no, he didn't spin the dreidel. That hadn't been co-opted yet. And the people ask him if he is the anointed one, the Christ, the Messiah. It is helpful to remember that just before their question, Jesus has been describing himself as the Good Shepherd. This puts him on familiar ground with his questioners, because there are frequent references to shepherds in the Old Testament. Jacob, Joseph, Moses, David are all referred to as shepherds, and Israel's future kings are spoken of with the same imagery. He is the one of whom all the Old Testament times point to as the Anointed One, the prophet, the priest, and the shepherd king. When they wonder why he is keeping them in suspense, the literal meaning of that phrase is, why are you taking away our breath of life? They are holding their breath to the point of becoming blue. Why? Because they are wondering if in this time of their darkness, Jesus is the next Judas Maccabeus a time of renewal when Rome will be shown the door and Israel's worship will be purified. Jesus answers their query as to whether he is the Christ straight on and says, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not part of my flock. These words cut deep and invite us to reflect on what we're looking for in a Messiah. 
It has been an interesting year so far, to say the least, in the political theater that are our presidential primaries. I always take note of how God and the scriptures are co-opted for political purposes. Political messiahs are always so tempting because we tacitly assume that humanity's answer somehow lies with them. And even though Jesus submitted to human authority, he never embraced political power. Proof of this is in his own confession before Pontius Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. Which means, with Jesus, you get a different kind of shepherd. That would apply to us who are gathered here this morning. A flock gathered by Good Shepherd Jesus, who is here to feed and lead, to restore our souls with his forgiveness, to set a table in the presence of our enemies, to anoint our heads with oil, to give us the transfusion of his blood into our bodies. He goes ahead through the dark valley of the shadow of death and the grave, conquering them so that you need fear no evil. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. The cross-scarred hands of Jesus holds our life in a way that we cannot because our hold on life is tenuous at best. If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. So on the island of Patmos, the Apostle John was privileged to see the answer of that question by the liturgy of heaven. What he saw was a countless multitude waving palm branches like an eternal Palm Sunday, worshiping a lamb who was slain but lives, seated at the right hand of the Father, surrounded by four living creatures representing the whole created order, by 24 elders representing the Old and New Testament church, and surrounded by countless angels. The description of what John saw is a description of the Good Shepherd's flock, of you too in Jesus. These are the ones coming out of the Great Tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Why? Because this really is the victory for all ages and all peoples. Jesus, the Good Shepherd, gathers us 
and those who hear his voice to himself, protected from evil, from death, from hell. That's why he has gathered us. That's our destiny in Jesus. That's our life as it is now held in Jesus. Hanukkah begins on December 24th this year. I know it might feel a tad awkward, but when you are gathered around the Christ candle this Christmas, maybe, just maybe, whisper to yourself, Happy Hanukkah. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.